Hello and welcome to the Stay at Homeschooling Mom podcast. My name is Ginny Supert. I'm joined by my good buddy, Mary Ellen Barrett. And today we have a great topic to dig into. But before we get started, I just want to tell you that if you're interested in Catholic homeschooling, if you're interested in Catholic family life, keeping your home nice, living in the liturgy, general mothering topics, please go to wherever you listen to your podcasts and acquaint yourself with the five-star review button. (laughs) It'll be right there below the Stay at Home Mom podcast. And this allows our podcast to reach more people interested in these topics. It helps us get generous sponsors. Our primary sponsor is Seton Home Study School, but we do have others and we're always looking for more. And it gets the podcast in front of more listeners. So click the five star. Doesn't cost you anything. Sadly, it doesn't get us anything either. We don't get any extra pay for this. <laughs> no, we don't. As, as mothers of large families, we're used to doing a lot for, for nothing, for no reward whatsoever. So Treasures in heaven, right? Uh, treasures in heaven. So we that's don't. okay. Anyhow, so please, uh, like I say, give us a five-star rating. Uh, if you think, gee, I'd rather give them a one-star rating, skip it and go make dinner <laughs> because your husband's hungry. <laughs> Mary Ellen, why don't you actually uh, introduce today's topic for us? It's a good one. And one that we've been asked to do a few times now, it's how to get back on track when something has derailed the homeschool, which happens to everybody, right? I mean, something, illness, moving, job loss, all these kinds of things, life, right? Sometimes life just throws you a curveball. Grandma gets cancer and you have to take her for her chemotherapy. and Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I mean, that's and and some would say, and I would be one of these people, that that is why you homeschool, because sometimes life interferes or life life just happens, and you can teach your children how to serve and how to how to participate in life. That's part of school. Um, it is, or, yeah, right. So that's that's what we do as Christians, as Catholics, as people who live the gospel is that it's not always just about academics. It's about being part of your community in a, in a very real and, and living way. So, but sometimes then you have to get back on track and get back to the academics. And that but I think it's a really point. good point before we move on to that is this idea of being authentic. You know, when I talk to people who are not very familiar with homeschooling, and I'm sure it's happened to you, they will say something like, well, how are your kids going to learn to socialize with others and get along in the real world? Mm-hmm. And I've often said, Well, you know, sitting in a room with 25 other people within 12 months of your chronological age is not the real world. Right. And the real world, the authentic world is where grandma got cancer and has to go for chemotherapy or dad lost his job. So now mom's got to take a part time job and dad doesn't really know how to do the homeschooling. And, you know, mom just had a baby and it didn't go. She didn't think she'd have to have a section, but she did. So now she's laid up in bed. All these hundreds of things that can happen in our lives. That's authentic living. Right. That's the real world. That's experiencing the real, real world where kids have to jump in and adjust or help out or, you know, deal with different situations and manage a little stress here and there. Do their math on their own and just bring it to mom, you know, tonight before I go to bed or or check it. You know, a few times in my life, I'd have the kids do their math and then I would actually hand them a calculator. I'd say, go check it now yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and you have to rely on their honesty to do that and their integrity, you know, all these things. It So that's life. That's living life. And that's that's really what we do as homeschoolers. And it is a very real way to live and a very authentic way to live. And it's not a manufactured educational experience. 
which and I think always, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. It's what the, the brick and mortar experience is it's manufactured. It's yeah, it's, it's not a real, like I say, never again, will you spend your full day with people within 12 months of your chronological age. The other thing that kind of interferes with the academic aspect of homeschooling, but really is a key part of it is these outside commitments we make. And you and I have talked before and we've made podcasts and we'll make them again. Don't overcommit. Mm-hmm. Don't have your yeah. kids in so many things or yourself. You, you don't always have to be in the church choir and be the pre k to couple and teach CCD yeah. and be and be, be the altar boys. And by the way, the kids are in softball and baseball and soccer. You can overcommit. But the fact is that a big part of what we do is is allowing our children to shine in other areas outside academics as well. Right. So I had daughters that were, it's now called synchronized skating, but in those days it was called precision ice skating. It's a beautiful thing to watch. It's teams of ice skaters doing things on the ice. It's very high level. It's beautiful. I think it was great for them uh, as, the, as they were learning to be adults who could put themselves out in front of others and perform. They, it was a wonderful experience, but it did have a performance season hmm. where they they practice, practice, practice. That was okay. We worked that into our daily life. But then you had a season where you actually traveled to other states for the kids to go to regionals and, and state, you know, state and then regionals and nationals. And there's just no way you're traveling, you're driving to Michigan for your kid to go to this. Yeah. There's no way you're going to be able to keep up on the daily work. So you do fall off. And then the big thing is you have to get back on the horse. Right. Yeah. We had we had our Shakespeare season, which was May because we were in that um, Shakespeare theater group and uh, we always performed on Memorial Day weekend. So May was really you just couldn't keep up the level of rehearsals. And it was an hour drive each way to to get to them. And then when my daughters were doing Irish step dance, we called it March Madness because they were (laughs) (laughs) because they were performing almost every evening. Um, And then. Katie was in competition uh, dance. And for the, there was one time in the history of the competitions that the world competition was in America. It's always in Ireland. And uh. it was in Boston. And she, so we went to the Araktas, which are like the, you know, the pre-worlds. And I thought, well, she's not going to make it. She's not going to make it with any luck at all. She's not going to make it. Well, of course she did. I was like, really? (laughs) You qualified? It was her team. She was on a team. It was the team dance. I was like, well, isn't that delightful? Yay. (laughs) So that was in Philadelphia. And then we had to go to Boston. And we had to go to Newport, Rhode Island one year for the Precision Ice Skating Nationals. (laughs) It was, I mean, it was lovely. It was wonderful. It was, it was, and I was horrified. It was Good Friday. Oh, gee. Good Friday. And I was like, aren't we a Catholic people? I'm Irish for crying out loud. Shouldn't Irish we be saying our rosaries and doing horrified. the stations? I went to Good Friday service in a chapel in a mall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Attached to a convention center. My friend Trisha and I, because her daughter was in the same thing. We were just, we were utterly horrified. And, um, they came in ninth, which in ninth in the world is not bad. Um, it went on all night. I think we no, were it's great, actually. Yeah, it's fine. It, it and it's something nice for her to remember essay. for the rest of her life. When times get a little tough yeah. with her, she can remember these wonderful things that she did as a kid. But the homeschooling took a back seat. To it put did. It, it absolutely did. It was. Uh, but and and then you have to get back on track. So the things that throw you off aren't always bad things. You know, there was the time when my mother, my mother had um, early onset Alzheimer's disease and lived in Savannah. I live in New York. There, it was a thousand miles. I often had to get in the car, throw all the kids in the car, throw all the books in the car and drive down and help my dad. Um, and that was 
that was about six months of back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And sometimes I would fly down and spend a long weekend and come back up. And th that was six months of not very good schooling until she she passed away. Um, so that was a season of it being not very good. But then there were seasons where it was March Madness or Shakespeare or something very lovely that made good memories and was very good for the children and great experiences. But then you have to get back on track. So there, there are these different seasons of life where it's wonderful or it's terrible or, you know, but it's life. It's and that's life. authentic. That's, that is authentic yes. life. It is. And it's something that I think as adults, and I've seen this in my own children, your kids are a little bit younger than mine. You don't have as many adults, but they really can handle life. My kids. Yeah. They really can. They can handle the good and the bad. And that uh, they have very demanding jobs. Some of them are, you know, large families, whatever. And they've been able to handle things very, very well, in part because they were living a real life. Right. That's a very good point. They learn to roll with it. Yep. They learn to roll with it because they've just grown up in, in situations where they see mom and dad, they they live with it and they roll with it and they go, all right, you know, what is it now? <laughs> this is this. All right. This is what we're going to do. OK, this is the plan. Here we go. Here's the and we put the plan in action and we go and we do this and we this and this is how we cope. And this is what we do. And yeah. you know, we pack the van. We do this. We do that. We get the snacks. We get going. We move and and they roll with it. Yep. And I think it's just absolutely great training for life. But nevertheless, they do have to get back on track. They do. So I think the first thing that you would do is take a real honest look at each child and say, OK, where is this kid in math? Where is this kid in spelling? Where is this kid in reading? And we're going to start here. Yeah, you have we'll to make take, up a plan, yeah. but you have to first you have to make an assessment. Yeah, you have to sit down with that um, when you when you've decided, all right, it's time to get back on track and you and you need to spend a couple hours maybe and sit down at your table, your desk or whatever, and pull everything out and maybe sit with the kids, say, all right, where was the last page you did in math? What was the last right. thing you did in the English <laughs> book? Where are you reading? Where's your book? Like, bring out. So now I'm going to do a new lesson plan and we're going to start. You're on you were on page 35 in math. OK, tomorrow we're doing page 36 and 37. Yeah. Uh, or even have a plan that we're going to do a page and a half every day because we're going to, to, we're going to try to catch up. Um, the other thing is people have to remember it's okay to take academic shortcuts. And I, I'll bring up a story. My son was in school, actually. He was in fifth grade at the last year. He's, he went to that Catholic school. I pulled my kid. The school was not very good. I pulled my kids out. Uh, but he had been in advanced classes in his previous Catholic school. So we had moved and the new place is what sent me into homeschooling. But his teacher sends home his spelling book. And it was one of these workbooks, very similar to spelling workbooks where you write the words the first day, the second day you write the meanings, whatever they were, I don't remember now. And he had not done a single page of that spelling book. Oh not goodness. one single page. And he was such a good student. And I said to him, Chris, I said, what happened? He, he says, I've gotten a hundred on every test every week. <laughs> <laughs> the book was very, very easy. He felt it was a waste of time. I mean, there's something to be said for diligence and applying yourself to the task at hand, but he'd gotten a hundred on every test every week. So what I learned from that is if you have, if you're in a situation like this where your kids are behind, and you have a good speller and the kid is on lesson 12 in spelling, give him a pretest. And if he gets 100, move on to lesson 13. Right. Yeah. That, you have to write yes. the words out three times in alphabetical order. He doesn't have to put them in sentences. Just move on. The same thing with something like vocabulary. If you yeah. ask your kid the meaning of the word, if he gets the meaning of the word, move on. And you may feel like, wow, I paid all this money for these books. But so what? Yeah. And you paid money for your child to learn how to spell. If your child learns how to spell, 
you know, the, the money was worth it. It's okay. Right. Like they've learned the rule. They've, they can spell the word, move on. And the money was well spent. I, I tell people that, um, particularly with Saxon, Saxon is so review heavy, which is an is. excellent thing. And you have to realize that a lot of these curriculums and these books were written um, for everybody. So there are some kids who need a huge amount of review and that's fine. That's what they're written for. And then there are some kids who catch on to certain lessons very quickly. So if your child has done 15 math problems correctly, you can move on to the next lesson. You don't need to do the next 25 of the exact same time. I would often do with Saxon. So for those who don't use the book, every day Saxon gives you, I'm sort of making this up, two word problems, two multiplication problems, two addition problems, two division problems, two measurement problems, two area, two Mm -hmm. perimeter. So the kid clearly got area. They know you multiply length times width. They just know it. I would often go through and cross out like one of each. Right. Yeah. So instead of doing 30 problems a day, maybe they did 20 problems that day. And I let them skip the ones that I know they know how to do it. Right. Yeah. And it just, it saves you a little bit of time. It gives the child a little bit of relief. They feel like, uh, they feel like they're getting away with something, you know. They do. (laughs) And everybody needs to feel like that once in a while. I'm getting away with something. The other thing (laughs) I would do is I had little, a little boy who, when he would see those math problems where you have, I don't know, say 60 addition problems on one page. Oh, he yeah. would collapse. It's just defeating. It was defeating. <laughs> so I would say, and part of it was he didn't have the, the small motor coordination. Little boys don't have it mm-hmm. as early as girls. So I would say to him, I'll tell you what, if you can give me the answers, I'll write them for you. And yeah. then he heard that. Wow. As long as I give her the answer, she'll write it for me. He'd really move. The other thing I would often do if a kid had a page on adjectives, let's just say, and there was a part A of, of, 10 problems and a part B of 10 problems. I'll say, do part A, you get a hundred, you don't have to do part B. Right. So you can, when you're, when you're feeling behind and you're trying to get back on track, you can skip these little things that you know have been accomplished already. And you can do things orally, um, have them recite the spelling words to you instead of tediously writing them out, especially if you have somebody whose um, fine motor skills aren't quite there yet. So you'll have them practice handwriting another time. Okay, if handwriting isn't your goal, if spelling is your goal, have them recite them out, spell them out loud to you. That's fine. Spelling is the goal today. Getting back on track is the goal today. Handwriting can be the goal, you know, next month. Even the the math problems, if you can say, you know, three plus four or seven, you don't have to write it. Yeah. Just go through it or mom will write it or something. So feel free to to take shortcuts. One of the things that my kids, so my older kids were in school for several years before they started homeschooling. I have several who... I have a few that weren't born when I started homeschooling. So they had no memory of school. But one of the things that my older kids would say is, well, we finish every book. And when we were in Catholic school, we didn't finish every book. Yeah, no. And I can remember asking my children, they'd bring home a science book with, you know, only a one quarter of it was left. And I'd say, well, what happened to that? Oh, we ran out of time. Yeah. Yeah. But but in homeschooling, the entire book is assigned. Yeah, Uh so that's in New York State here, or maybe it's just my school district, but I think it's the state. Um, you're only required, the teachers are only required to complete 75% of the book. Well, that's interesting. I didn't, I lived in New York for years. I didn't know that, but 75% ex- of the book. Yeah, my experience was that, well, actually, if you look at math books that are not produced for homeschoolers, the ones like Holt or something, you'll see for every lesson they have a hundred problems. 
And teachers will assign for homework. You have to do part A, one through 10, part B, you know, 21 through 30, that sort of thing. They don't, they don't assign every single problem. Well, it's not reasonable to expect it to, to get all of that done. So, and like I said, curriculum is written for absolutely every situation. Right. So. And they have no way of anticipating what you need. Uh, right. So the same thing with your reading, if your kids are going through the reading book, and I did this even if I wasn't behind, but if you get to a story about grandma's looking for her glasses or something, your boy wants to read that like he wants to eat, you know, <laughs> arugula for dinner or something, <laughs> you can skip it and move on. The world will continue to spin if you go to a, a better story about knights in shining armor or, right, you know, yeah. the, the, the cowboys and the Indians or whatever it is that boys love to read. Yeah. You're absolutely... I, you can, if if your if your curriculum or your your reading list or whatever it is that you're doing, I know um like I I know a couple of the Charlotte Mason type curriculums suggest uh, reading lists and things like that, and you're reading something, or you're having your child read something because it's worthy and you think it's people should read this or whatever it is, but it's making everybody miserable. Don't yeah. read it. Don't yeah. read it. Like just because it's worthy, but everybody hates it don't read it. Like It's yeah. just not worth it. It's just not worth it. Like there are some really, there are some things that are worthy that are exciting and adventurous and wonderful to read. And there are some things that are worthy that just are boring. It's just boring and nobody well, wants thing, to read and it. Then, well, the thing is too, like some kids, a little, I remember loving the book, Little Women, when I was a kid. I loved that story about Meg and Joe and Beth and Amy and, and oh, Marmy. I just loved it. But, you know, there are boys that are just going to hate that story. They think it's boring. What are they doing? They're hanging around making plays in the attic. That's boring to a boy. <laughs> it's boring to a boy. Well, go let him read Men of Iron, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, Robin Hood or whatever, right. you know, just don't make, especially when you're trying to get back on track. It's yeah, not absolutely. the time to to pick something that's, you know, worthy. <laughs> just if you want them to read because you want to improve reading skills and you want to get back on track, pick something that's going to be exciting and adventurous and just enjoyable that they will enjoy reading and sit down and devour. Right. And they're going to gobble it up. That's exactly yes. that's exactly it. So so definitely the first thing to do is to have a plan. You're going to see where each child is. You're going to have a plan. You're going to write out lesson plans, but you are going to read or a list or however you do it. But you are going to remember that not every comma has to be put in, that you can skip things, you can pick around, you can move around. For your good speller, you can do oral tests. Uh, For your kid that's good in math, you can give flashcards or something like that. You don't have to do every page of every book. Take some shortcuts there. But then again, not everything has to do with schooling. So yeah, really have to look at your your household. You're trying to get back on track now. Probably your house is a disaster. That's a good a good guess. Yeah, yeah. You know, at the end become, of March Madness, it looked like I had hosted a rodeo in this house. <laughs> right. Like it just whoa. <laughs> and I can't work well in that kind of disorder. I, I it's know, just my personality. And you're pulling out the box macaroni and cheese because yeah. that's you know because it's simple and fast, and maybe the kids can make it for you by reading the directions on the back of the box. So what you have to do is sort of like look at your house and say, okay, we have a week now. This is our first week home. So I'm going to, every day, we're going to take one room in the house and really go through it and clean it up, get rid of the mess, vacuum, dust, scrub, whatever it is you have to do. But that's your plan. So the one nice thing about having a plan is if you're doing the living room on Monday, but you're not going to do the dining room until Tuesday, you can walk through the messy, miserable dining room and say, I have a plan. I'm going to do it tomorrow. Right. This is, I can live with this until tomorrow when I, I'm going to, I know it's going to get done. Right. Yeah. And I think that makes a huge difference. Sure. 
So, you know, make a plan for your meals. This week, I know we're going to go nuts because we're cleaning up this house that makes us look like hoarders. That You know, <laughs> if the government finds out about it, they'll put my kids in foster care or something. <laughs> so I've got to get to this house. So maybe that week you do a lot of crockpot meals. Yeah. Yeah. You do a, or or you do soups and sandwiches or, or things of that nature. Um, the other thing that we forget a lot, I think we want to take so much on ourselves Working moms don't have this as bad because I, I have one daughter who works and she gets a meal service. People yeah. deliver meals to her house. Well, good for her. I mean, you you recognize what you can do and what you can't do. And she made a choice. And I there's nothing wrong with that. And, but, but we kind of think there is sometimes, you know, like yeah. I have to be doing everything all the time. Like I have to sew our clothes from hand and I have to, I have to plant wheat in the backyard <laughs> and pound it in my mortar and pestle and make my own bread. No, you really don't have to do that. There's nothing wrong with getting some help. And that could be, uh, they have Amazon delivers your groceries. Yeah. I actually have my grocery. That's one thing that, you know, with working and homeschooling and running kids around and stuff, I do have my groceries delivered. I do. It's, it's the one thing, um, I never enjoyed grocery shopping. It takes a lot of time. And now with oh, the price of food, the way it is, I end yeah. up going, it's like three different stores to, to get everything I want in a, the most economical way. And I do pay, uh, you know, I tip somebody. So I feel like I'm helping some other family. Yeah. To help, you know, to pay for that. And and that makes me feel better. But um, it is the thing I'm willing to pay for. I don't have a cleaning. I don't have a cleaning lady. I don't have any of that. So that's the thing I let go. I, I feel like that's worth it for me. And my husband's fine with it. And and that's our splurge, I guess. And and that's OK. It and is there's okay. nothing. It is. There's nothing immoral about this whatsoever. You, we don't have to feel like we have to be superwoman. I know. But you, I do feel guilty about it once in a while. Well, I really no, I'm do. telling you, I, there's, there's this mo And I think. Lots of people who get into homeschooling, and I was one of them, we want more than just to give our kids a great education. We do want this authentic family life. Yeah. And we come to feel that authentic family life, like I say, involves growing your own corn in the backyard <laughs> and harvesting it and all that. Well, it, it can include that. There's nothing wrong with including that. But there are times in our lives when this is not the time. Okay, I'm going to have to buy my tomatoes this year because grandma got cancer and I had to take her for chemotherapy so I can't plant my tomatoes in the backyard. I'm going to buy them at the store yeah. and they'll still be tomatoes. <laughs> and it'll be okay. Yes. Yeah, and you're right. So, we, so we, have to, we have to remember that. The other thing we should remember right now is we want to take a little break. Our primary sponsor is Seton Home Study School, but we do have other sponsors. We do. So give them a minute. Okay. And now we'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Benedictine College. Benedictine College is a Newman Guide School located in Atchison, Kansas. It is heir to the 1500 years of Benedictine dedication to learning. Benedictine College mission as a Catholic Benedictine liberal arts residential college is the education of men and women within a community of faith and scholarship. There are over 50 undergraduate programs, two master's degree programs, and they are located on a beautiful, beautiful campus. Please check out their website at benedictine.edu for more information about student life, faith life, admissions, financial aid, athletics, 
and a variety of other things. You can even schedule a visit to the campus on the website. So again, check them out at benedictine.edu. And thank you, Benedictine College, for sponsoring the Stay at Homeschooling Mom podcast. Welcome back to the Stay at Homeschooling Mom podcast. Ginny Sufert, Mary Ellen Barrett, thank you so much to our sponsors uh, for keeping us going and hopefully helping homeschoolers. We're talking today about how to get back on track when life threw you off track. And there's loads of way you had a new baby, whatever it is. Uh, somebody got sick in the household. The kids are, you know, made it to the, made it to the state finals in baseball and you had to travel for for a week, that sort of stuff. So how do we get back on track? And one of the things that we don't do very often is ask for help. Ugh, it's hard you, to do. It is. You feel like you have to be superwoman or something, and you don't. No. Uh, I often say, you know, most American kids and most of the people who are listening to this, you know, your children have way too much stuff. They have more toys than any kid ever had in the history of mankind. And the reason you know that is they're strewn all over the toy room. <laughs> I know, yeah. You can't miss them. You uh, know they have Legos because you've stepped on them five times this week. You might have to have a toe amputation. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was my husband's. Um, uh, we always, he said it was our burglar alarm. Just strew them under all yeah, the right. windows. <laughs> the guy will be screaming for mercy. and, and try. So... Kids have so, so when your mother in law says, What can I get little Janie for Christmas? or what kind what I would suggest to say, you know, Janie doesn't need a blessed thing, <laughs> but it would be really nice if maybe you could take Janie out once a week for lunch, she would love that, or you could take Jane. So it's something I don't have to do, yeah. Uh, if she says, What can I get you and your husband for, for, for Christmas? You know what? I'd love maybe you could get me one or two shots with April maids. <laughs> Yeah, that actually happened. David, um, for our, I think it was Mother's Day. I think it was Mother's Day. He got me uh, one of those merry made things, right? Yeah. So he was arranging it at his He's office. He's a keeper. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was, I had all of the eight kids and um, it was, so he was arranging it at his office and one of the, one of the guys he worked with said, "Oh my gosh, you're going to get in so much trouble." It's like telling her our house is a mess, and he goes, "No, I don't think so. I think she's going to like this." And apparently, the guy went home and said something to his wife, and then he came in the next day and said, "Uh, what was the number for that thing?" <laughs> <laughs> she apparently he got yelled at for thinking it was a bad idea, and yeah, I it's a great idea. It. it was like and, um, two ladies came for four hours and cleaned my house from top to bottom. I know, right? You wanted to kiss wonderful. their feet as they were walking out the door. Oh, gosh. Oh, I had it. The first lovely. year I started homeschooling, I had this lovely lady, Rosie. I remember her name. I should remember to pray for her every night. It was just <laughs> something my husband decided to do because we had a lot of kids. I had a baby. I might've been expecting again. I No, I think I had just had a baby. So it was a lot. And having her, so I didn't have to run the vacuum. I didn't have to dust. That can make all the difference. So if you're coming in off a tough time, you don't have to have a regular cleaning lady. You can call a cleaning service mm -hmm. and you can say, can you please come to my house at your earliest convenience? And they will come and they'll mop your floors and do your bathrooms and all of it. There's no disgrace in that. Yeah. None whatsoever. It's it's something that you should really consider if times have gotten a little bit tough and it's putting you behind. The other thing you could ask grandma for, if grandma says, gee, what can I get little Janie for Christmas? You can say, well, you know what, grandma? You were a nurse during your career and I'm horrible at science. 
<laughs> yeah. I yeah. really stink at science. And my fifth grade science book is all the human body and Ida. And I'm struggling with every word. Would you ever consider teaching Janie fifth grade science? That's a that would be a huge gift. Yeah, I really? have a friend who's um whose dad taught her kids uh math and history just because he enjoyed those two subjects. And he asked her, would you oh when she word. started homeschooling, would you like me to do this? Because I just enjoy those two subjects. And she said, Would I mind? Oh my <laughs> God. Like, what what do you need? What, like, what can what I can, do I, for can you? I make you dinner every night? I mean, what can I do for you? And please? he did. He came over two days a week and taught those two subjects to her children for years and loved it oh. and had such a great relationship with his grandchildren. And he was and he would come to like we had we have homeschool ice skating on Fridays in the winter, and he would come and enjoy his grandchildren. And he was a delightful man. And we were all so jealous. <laughs> Like but he, that he, type just, of stuff yeah. is can uh for example, a big problem with homeschoolers. Now a lot of them are using online programs now, but when if you homeschool through high school, foreign language is an issue. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It is a big issue. Now I spoke French, so my kids got no choice. <laughs> well, taking yeah. French. That's yeah. it. Grandma's not learning a new subject. But if you if there's a nice lady up the block that speaks Spanish, maybe you go and you know pay her a couple of bucks to come and, and do Spanish with your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you can do, there is absolutely no shame in hiring a tutor or, you know, asking for help, whatever the help is. A meal service, I think, is a great idea if you're overwhelmed by getting dinner on the table, especially when your children are younger and can't be as much help to you. You know, right now I'm in a position where I have kids who drive. Right. I mean, you know, so you can send them out to buy. So you can send them out to do takeout. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's very it's much easier. But when they're young and they can't drive and you're driving all over and it's things are hard, if you can spare the money um, and I've had cleaning services at various times. And I found that if you just cut back on certain things. You know, we we were never people who would go out and get Starbucks or fast food or stuff like that. But um, you can just if you cut back here and there on little things, you can kind of come up with the money that you need for it. And and then it doesn't have to be weekly. No, once a month. Somebody once a month that comes in and gets, you know, all the mold out of your tub before it starts attacking the kids when they take a shower. Just like that once weekly, like deep, uh, once monthly deep clean. It would mean the world to you. It sets you up and you you walk around your house for several days after just loving your home again. Right. It just it just makes such a difference. And Uh, if you're if you if you if life has gotten in the way. This is this is the way to get back on track. And the final thing, you kind of mentioned it a little bit before, but we spend an awful lot of time driving mm-hmm. our kids here and there and every blessed where. And I had a really good friend. He lost his wife. He's in his 70s, but he lost his wife. He has uh, a son that lives nearby who has several kids. And he told me that he drives them to these various things. He calls himself Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> I'm spending my retirement as Mrs. Doubtfire. So because, but clearly, I don't know how it started. I didn't ask him if they asked grandpa to drive or if grandpa offered. I don't know. But I can tell you absolutely, it's doing him a world of good. Sure. Instead of sitting in his home, he's getting up, he's getting dressed, he's getting out, he's picking up his grandchildren, who he loves, and That's having great. this having this time and this conversation with them. And by the way, performing a huge service for their parents. 
Oh yeah. Anybody, when my dad used to come up and visit, he would, he would just take on the afternoon driving and oh. I can't tell, cause it's so exhausting when you've homeschooled all day, maybe you've worked and you've done all the things. And then at four o'clock, which is the time when you're just mostly mentally fatigued, the witching hour to have it to is. get in the car and there on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I would get in the car, Jenny, around four o'clock and not get out until about 10 oh. between the back and forth and back and forth and back and forth for years and I would just want to die. And there were times when I just wanted to cry. I was so tired, so tired. And I would sit at red lights thinking, God, God, please just like have the car break down just so I could not have to go anywhere. And if somebody would just pick somebody up or take somebody home or something like that, or Dave would get off early and he'd, he'd say, oh, I'm getting off the train. Who needs to be picked up? It was it was like a gift from God. It, it was, was so yeah. I Heavenly. did lives too. And I hated, 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 hated. Oh, I hated it. I hated it. For I'm years I did it. And I had kids in ice skating and baseball and softball and soccer and dance. And and the advantage I will say that I did have, I lived in the city. So the kids could walk to stuff. Yeah. But the fact you. is they can't yeah. walk to, but they couldn't walk to everything. No. And in the they suburbs, it's everything. hard. It's it was, hard. Yeah. The city, the city was better for that, I have to say. Um, but then the other thing that happened to me that really changed my life was kids learned how to drive. Yeah. And kids, so we, we talk about this all the time. You have to use all of the assets that you have. A wise manager uses his assets wisely. And we have, our assets are our older children. Yeah. So if they can take over the drive, if they can take over some part of cooking, if they can take over some part of cleaning, if they can take over, I've, I've often said my oldest daughter was a whiz at math and she did math, the upper level high school math with the kids, which would have been incredibly difficult for me to do. Yeah. So let them do it. Let so she, do it. she just, she just took that over. And actually it's interesting. She's in her forties now, uh, kids in high school and college, and she still teaches, she still tutors math in her neighborhood. Good for her. The neighborhood. That's so I don't nice. think she gets paid. I just think she does it to help the kids out. That's so nice. It's just something she's good at. She enjoys it. Uh, but what a good person. <laughs> but we, we want to look at our older kids and say, what can this child take off? Yeah. I mean, the Honestly. minute they pass their road test that evening, I would hand them the keys. Go ahead. Their 16th birthdays. I mean, we didn't <laughs> wait till the day after their 16th birthday. Oh, it's your 16th birthday. What? You can take your driver's test today. How wonderful. No, you hand them the keys, but, th but they can do a ton of other things for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they can help with the schoolwork. They can, they can, they can help with the cooking. They can help with the cleaning. They can help with the outside chores. They can mow the lawn. Anything, and frankly, you're doing them a huge favor because we've talked about this before in other podcasts. There are kids getting out of high school, going to college that don't know how to zipper their own jackets. <laughs> they, <laughs> oh my goodness. We're they, getting off track here. <laughs> we are, but the, but the fact is that- That's by, a whole other podcast. <laughs> by allowing your children to do these things and encouraging them, in fact, requiring them to do these things, not only are they giving you a break, helping you get back on track when you've when you've lost your way a little bit, but you are doing those children a huge favor. Yeah, it is true. You are moving them into adulthood. So right. don't don't think that, oh, I'm cheating my kids, you know, of their childhood by making them drive their brothers to soccer. No, you're not. Yeah. No, you're and, not. And when you do put them in charge of things, when you're getting back on track, um, and I think this is important, especially with like those preteen and uh, you know, like 10 and up age, 
except that it's not going to be perfect. Yeah. Too. And that's okay for these stages of life. If your 10-year-old sweeps the floors and doesn't quite get in the corners, it's okay. The floor is still swept. It's swept. You're not stepping on the crumbs and you'll get the corners the next time. That kind of thing. You have to kind of let this stuff go um, a little bit and just accept that there's a season in your life, you know, when when things aren't quite perfect. And that's okay. You know, it is. It is okay. I, I think in general, we should look at that. Uh, but then now we're talking about getting back on track. So, all right, we've gotten we've gotten our meals worked out. We have our plan. We have to see if we're meeting our plan. Right. You know, when you make your list at the grocery store, you check things off as you go to make sure that you're actually buying the items that are on your list. Right. Well, we want to do the same thing. So if we've made up a list or a lesson plan or we did something online. This is what I want my child to accomplish this week. At the end of the week, you really want to sit down with the older kids and take stock. Right. Yeah. You want to make sure that everybody's on track to catch up and get where you want them to be, to, to meet their goals for the end of the year, you know, whatever that is, whatever the end of your year is, or whatever your goals that you set at the beginning of the year. I do this most weeks with my kids anyway. It's a good habit to be in. Most Fridays, I will sit down with, I have two high schoolers and one eighth grader. And just to kind of review, otherwise I kind of lose track. If I don't do it, if I skip a few weeks, then especially the eighth grader, because he is a master at, oh, I don't know. I don't remember what. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's a master of inactivity is what he is. So I have they to get check. distracted at that age. They just they do. do. They get distracted. And boys, especially, although I shouldn't say that I've had a few distracted girls too. <laughs> He's, he's very, very focused on things he enjoys and he does not enjoy, you know, like his English book. Right. Or he likes his history book and he likes his science sure. book and everything else he's But he's how many kids really wake up in the morning and say, gee, I really want to diagram 10 sentences. You know, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, <laughs> so it's a good so habit. To, it's a good idea to assess. But then the other thing is it's a good idea to plan. So one of my grandsons uh, who got behind in his saxophone, I'm not quite sure how he did that, to be honest with you, but he did get behind. I was saying, listen, and he's good at math. He doesn't struggle. And I think it's 54 he's in, which 25 problems. It's not a bad, it's not a terribly long thing. When he focuses, he can go quickly. I said, listen, do 25 problems. And then tonight, then put the book away. You've done it for the day. But then tonight, when kids in school do homework, mm. do another 12. Did he look at you like he had seven heads? He did, because homeschool <laughs> kids don't like to talk about homework. They just like to talk about homeschool. But I said, this will catch you up. In a couple of weeks, if you do a lesson and a half every day, mm -hmm. you know, 25 problems during the day and 12 problems, which 12 problems this kid could knock out in 12 minutes, probably. Yeah. So take that extra. So have a plan. If you your kid is falling behind, especially high school English, they have to read this long book and they have three essays they have to write. It's easy for them to fall behind. Sure. So if, and if you've seen like, wow, you know, we really worked on this. I was hoping you'd catch up a little bit more and you didn't. Well, then you have to have a plan. So every night, right after dinner at eight o'clock or something, you have to go and sit in this room and you have to read this chapter. And then maybe you have to come and tell me what the chapter was about. Which probably will take half hour to 45 minutes, depending on the chapter and how interested and stuff like right. that, which is really not a huge slice of your life when you think about it. <laughs> it's, it's not. not. And we all have so. to learn how to apply ourselves with diligence to the task at hand. Exactly. So I think it's a good thing to assess number one at the end of the week. We had our plan to catch up. This is the progress that we made on this plan. This yeah. is where we were. We didn't make too much progress in this area. 
So now we're going to revise our plan a little bit and see what we can do to make it better next week. And catching up can be a little painful. Oh, yeah. We have to recognize that the catching up and getting it back on track in life is painful sometimes. And and as moms, we want to mitigate that as much as possible. And we want to try and, you know, make it as as pain-free as possible. But this is life. And sometimes it is a little painful to get caught up and to get back on track. And and it just has to be done. And this is these are good life lessons. And again, yeah. we're living an authentic life here. And this is part of it that you have yeah. to, sometimes you just have to put your nose to the grindstone. Um, my, my daughter, Bridget is right now, she's in high school, she's a junior, and she has now a steady babysitting job. And uh, we're going to do a podcast coming up soon, I think, about working and and the importance of teenagers, particularly working, having jobs. And so she has one. And it's afternoons. It's two afternoons a week for three hours. But it's, you know, that's two afternoons she's not doing schoolwork. And now all of her older siblings have had similar kinds of jobs where they've had to adjust their school hours to accommodate the working. So like her older brother was a sacristan and he worked at six in the morning to two in the afternoon. So he had to do his school at night, you know, those, those two night, two, two mornings, he worked on Monday and Tuesday. So they've had to adjust. And so she's had good examples. And I said, you're going to have to make up this work probably on Saturday, you know, some of this work or, or Friday afternoon, because I've generally scheduled them. So they have a lot of Friday free for, um, cause we do ice skating and they do other things. And she looked at me like I sprouted a third eyeball. <laughs> and I said, Oh, so yeah, she's the younger, one of the younger ones. And I've probably been a little easier on the younger ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard that from some of the older ones I'm <laughs> starting to feel like it might've been true. And she, I said, sweetheart, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I have seen evidence that some children work in the evenings and on weekends at schoolwork and they have not blown up and died. Yeah, right. <laughs> They've actually survived. They survive. <laughs> they, they do okay. They, they've gone on to do other things. <laughs> so we're having a little of an adjustment and she's a good kid. She will do it, but she, she sure, just she looks shocked for a few seconds. Like, oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I used to bring that up all the time because <laughs> when I, I went to a diocesan high school in New York, and we had the full day of work plus the bus ride there and back. And you came home with a couple hours of homework. Oh yeah, I did. I yeah, I went to. A we used to do. Catholic we used to do it on the bus too. very often. We would yeah. we would uh, you know do our homework on the bus, and so it, it's okay to have to to grab time. You don't. It doesn't always have to be free time. But having said that, the other thing that we have to remember as homeschooling moms and dads is that um, you can relax a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you can relax. It's it's. It's you're not the world is not going to blow up if you st- if you're still doing finishing up your English assignments in June. It's okay. Yeah, and uh, a lot of homeschool moms will tell you you're never really behind, and that's true. If you're taking time off because everybody in the house got a stomach bug, and if you have a large family, that can take weeks. Yes, it sure can. <laughs> weeks to get through. Or if you are taking care of an elderly relative or you just had a baby or you're going through, you know, the the competition dance or whatever, um you're not behind. You're where your family's supposed to be. You're taking care of business. And then you stop and you get back onto your academic track. So, you know, God placed you in these different situations in life and and now you're getting back on the academic track. So you're not behind, you're just getting back where you're into your academic right. part. There's no of ahead life. or behind really. Yes. So And that's an important thing to remember. Yeah, we always feel like we have to be done in June. Well, I mean, it's nice to be done in June, but it's also nice to sit in the air conditioning and read a book and, you know, catch up on your math. I I have my kids do math all summer. 
you know, we take a few weeks off here and there, but right. um, 15 minutes of math is not going to kill anybody and it keeps the skills sharp. So in, in that respect, we homeschool all year. Right. So it's okay. You're going to be fine. Yeah. If, if you're not, if, you know, by June 20th or whatever the date is that you haven't completed every assignment in every book, it's okay. Because a lot of the next book is going to be review of the last book in the it first sure part. Is. So if you don't get to every single thing and you just can't stand looking at that book again, it's fine. You'll be it's fine. fine. Move on. <laughs> it's going to be It'll, okay. Yeah. The world, so, will, I always say the world will continue to spin. And yes. my, one of my favorite things <laughs> I mean, I, I, somebody backed into my car. It, it involved this big thing, you know, where I had to get the insurance and it, it was drivable and everything. It took months because of COVID and all the other nonsense. Mm-hmm. And every time I'd speak to somebody, they said, you're being very nice about this. And I, really, I didn't feel like I was being nice. Like in a thousand years, we're all going to be dust. Right. It really doesn't matter. That third grade that's English book is not going to matter. That's not, that, you know, so one of the things I've learned in like a thousand years, we're all going to be dust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, True. so these little things that drive us nuts every day, we really have to work on allowing them not to drive us nuts. Right, right. It's, it's just to keep our joy, to still keep our happiness, and to remember that the day will come when you'll be old and you'll think, oh, one of those wonderful days when I was home with my kids. Right. Yes. Yes. It's true. You won't remember the frustration and craziness. You will remember the smiles and the giggles and the laughter and the the aha, I got it moments and yeah. all those wonderful things. That's that's what you're going to treasure and cherish. So focus on that kind of stuff and and let the other stuff go. Really, let, let it, it go. go. I, I remember my one my daughter yesterday. She sent me. She has a three year old and a five year old, and they memorized the Saint Michael the Archangel prayer. Oh, oh, she oh, videoed it and said, I thought, wow, the three-year-old, I was really impressed. That's a That's long prayer. Wonderful. But I remember her. It's one of my best memories. When she was seven years old, she was going to receive her first Holy Communion. She had memorized everything. She And I said to her, okay, I said, do you know what's going to happen to you on whatever day, Saturday? And she said, and I, I remember it like yesterday. She says, I'm going to receive Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. Ugh. She's, but it's not just Jesus. She says, I'm going to receive blessed mother and all the angels and all the saints were all going to be together and I was like crying at the time and to this day I still remember she was like so excited about this and I thought why don't I receive communion like that I know I why don't I do that I know that 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 innocence of a child I mean and we get to see it like if she had been in school right yep I never would have said, who knows if she would have felt it. So the thing is, if we can tell you anything about getting back on track, I hope we gave you a couple of good pieces of advice. I hope they were good. But the fact is really just savor your life. Enjoy your life. Thank God for it every day. Have Catholic gratitude. Yeah. For the wonderful life that you have. Right. Pray hope and and don't don't worry. worry. All right. And thank you so much for listening to us. If you got anything out of this podcast, and we we hope you do, we work really hard on it, and we hope you've gotten a lot out of it, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Again, that helps us get in front of more people. So if you've subscribed, you'll also get notified when the podcast drops, which is on Wednesday afternoons, I think late afternoons, but it's on Wednesdays. We also have a Facebook page, the Stay at Homeschooling Mom podcast. You can like us over there, and you'll get more information about the podcast and there. Send us send us any. any anything that helped you, anything you'd like us to deal with a little more. 
If you found something inspirational, you found something, whatever, just let us know because we want to hear from you. Yeah, we're open to all the comments. So comment on us over there. And Ginny and I can be found on Facebook and I can be found on um, Instagram and sometimes on Twitter. I'm not over there as much, but mostly on social media. So thank you for listening and we will see you next Wednesday. God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye now. And now we'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Seton Home Study School. Seton Home Study School is a nationally accredited, faithfully Catholic, private distant learning school that serves students from pre-K through 12th grade. There are currently 17,000 homeschool students enrolled in Seton Home Study School and many, many more who use their books and materials, including several small Catholic schools. Since 1983, Seton Home Study School has faithfully served the homeschool community in the United States and all over the world. Please check out their website, setonhome.org, for more information. And thank you, Seton Home Study School, for sponsoring the podcast, The Stay-at-Home Schooling Moms.